Hello and welcome to Twist Talks by Samantha Twist, where we talk about basically everything from careers, your home, relationships, health, and more. I cover just about anything you deal with in life. Hope you enjoy. Hi everybody, please help me in welcoming Danielle. Danielle is an entrepreneur and business strategist. She coaches women to build successful businesses and connects them through events, workshops, and masterminds and coaches them to create a community, facilitate collaborations, and create partnerships that elevate their brands. Danielle's background in business started at an age of 20 when she launched her first business and then went on to help her mom build a global consulting company. In 2015, she launched the first chapter of Business Babes Collective, Van City Business Babes. Let's get right into it. For those who don't know you, please share a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Yeah. My name is Danielle Weeb, and I'm the founder of This Babes Collective, which is a community for female entrepreneurs. And it looks very different today than it did even a year ago based off of everything that's happened and COVID and the pandemic. So uh, for six years, we've been hosting consistent events both local in Vancouver, where I'm from, and then also in other cities across North America. And so when everything got shut down and events were no longer allowed, uh, we have really pivoted to now everything is online. So we have a community, an online community membership. We also have a course, the self-study course that we run called Action Takers Club. And we also have mastermind groups as well. So just building community, building connections and uh, bringing women together. I love that. And when you first started hosting these events in person, what were kind of the first steps you took with Van City Business Babes? Yeah, so when I first started, it was honestly, I didn't really know that it was going to turn into like a full-time business that I was running. Um, I had no idea what it would kind of turn into today, but the first steps were really what I wanted in a community was a safe place where I felt I belonged. And so what I found with going out and networking is that there was a lot of sort of pre-existing networking groups, but I always kind of felt out of place. Like I was one of the only women in the room and I was younger than most people. And I was new into business. Whereas a lot of the people that were at these networking events had been in business for like 10 plus years. And so I always sort of felt a little out of place and didn't really find like those, those people that I could connect with. And so I wanted to create an environment for, um, you know, women who were either, just getting started in business or maybe a few years into business, but wanting to network and wanting to create that community. Mm -hmm. And so it started super small. It was, I think the first event that we hosted was like 10 people and it, I think we had like wine and a, you know, a a charcuterie platter and everything like that. And we just were talking and networking and it was super chill. And then Mm -hmm. Then we hosted another event and then another event, and another event, because people kept asking, well, when's your next event? When's your next event? I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we'll just continue on with this. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't really until about three months in or so where <clears throat> I actually decided, okay, this is something people really want and really need. And I think we need to, I, need, I think I need to think of this more as a long-term project and, and a business mm-hmm. rather than just 
something fun that I'm doing on the side. And so that's where I kind of got more strategic with mm-hmm. the business and sort of what we were doing with, with the community. So it kind of evolved gradually over time. Yeah. And it's just changed so much, even just from those beginning stages mm-hmm. of when we started. Yeah. I feel like every time I look at any of your pages on Instagram, there's always something new and improved coming out. Like yeah. it's the masterminds or like a new type of group or your free you guys have the free, I think, is it also called Mastermind? Um, it's a masterclass. Yeah, we have a free masterclass. People can just watch at any point. And it actually mm-hmm. really describes, yeah, my journey and, um, yeah, biggest mistakes that I made in business and, and um, yeah, how people, so people can watch that at any time. You can, yeah. you can sign up for free and just watch that. And, yeah, I've heard really great feedback from that. Just people saying, oh my goodness, I can totally relate to this. Or this is kind of like what I've gone through in my journey. So, yeah. yeah. So when you, you kind of just dove into it because of the request and demand for it, did you have any um, event planning experience previously? Yeah. So I did in some ways. I Well, I went to school for business. I studied marketing and business. And so mm-hmm. I was on like the student leadership committee. And so we did a couple of like fundraiser type events and different events through that. And also my sister had started a wedding planning business um, when I was still in university as well. And so I would help her with, Mm -hmm. with all of that. And so I was like her assistant. (laughs) So I would go to the weddings and, and just help her with everything. So I kind of got like a little bit of a behind the scenes look at, you know, events and, Mm-hmm. what went into them. And yeah, I think when, if I actually think back to a time where I remember hosting an event and it being like, I really enjoyed it was in school when we did like one of our fundraisers and it was a huge success. And I just remember feeling anyone who's in the event industry, I mean, it's, it is a really hard industry in some ways, yeah. but I just got such a excitement and a high off of planning something and executing something that people really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really, I I think that planted a seed to, you know, what I would do in the future is, you know, creating that community, creating that uh, opportunity for people to connect. And so, yeah, when I think back to like my first memories of hosting events, it was probably that. I love that you have like a specific memory you can draw from. Yeah. Uh, How would you describe how you felt at your first like official Business Babes Co. event once you decide to make it into your business? Oh, that's a really good question. It's so funny because I feel like that transitional phase is Mm -hmm. slightly blurry because it was such a whirlwind. Like I remember hosting these events and not really knowing what I was doing. (laughs) And um, it was... January of 2015, where I officially named it. Mm -hmm. And then I started an Instagram page and everything like that. So I always think of like the start of, of uh, my business as January, 2015. And that's why I always say like, it's been six years since, since then, but really we were hosting events in the fall of that year. Uh, but it was really figuring things out and it was very like all over the place and, and messy. I actually sometimes look back and I look at photos of those events. I'm like, oh yeah, that was so funny. It was just very, it wasn't really 
solely focused on business necessarily. Mm -hmm. It was just women who wanted to connect. And then once we, once I named it and once it kind of became its own business, I realized, okay, I want to niche down and figure out like, who do I want to attract to these events? And so, you know, centered on business women Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. And, and from that point on, I remember just trying to connect with so many different people, asking people for coffee, asking people to connect and just trying to make as many relationships as possible. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was a really fun, like process of just meeting new people. And it was obviously scary as well. And, you know, reaching out to people who I felt I was like, oh, I don't know if they're going to respond or whatever, but I just did it. And yeah, that was really cool. And then having other people come on board, for example, for like panels mm-hmm. or, you know, as guest speakers. And uh, yeah, but I do remember specifically one event. It was probably early on in that year where um, I hosted it. And I think we had like maybe 17 or 20 people there. But I remember trying, like I hustled so hard to get those people (laughs) in that room. Um, And what I realized is that even niching down to business women, it was still very broad. Mm -hmm. And so it was sort of like people that were thinking about going into business or people that were, you know, further along in business or all of these different things or students or whoever. And so I realized I need to niche down even more. And so now like we're really catered, even though everybody is welcome, we always say you're, everyone is welcome inside of our community, but who we really try to target is those people who are already in business and they're, you know, they've been in business, they're established now, and now they're looking to grow and they're looking Mm -hmm. to scale. So um, once we kind of niche down a little bit more that way, we saw so many more so much more results in kind of what we were doing because people knew, okay, this is for me. This is the community for me. Mm-hmm. Instead of people being very, us being very broad with our message. Yeah. And what are some tips you would give someone who would want to host an event or a networking event fundraiser, you know, like probably after COVID, maybe yeah. <laughs> if you have some for during COVID that too, but I feel like it's been quite a pivot, but yeah. What kind of tips would you give somebody who's trying to do an event right yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what, well, okay. I'll give two answers right now. I would say really try to build your network, like use this time while, you know, we're not doing as many events to really connect and, and build that um, connection with other people because once you know events are allowed again, connections and and, and building that community is going to be your foundation mm-hmm. for how the event is going to go. Because for us, like we, you know, I made sure that we were connected with people who were going to be speakers, but then also people who could maybe do decor for us or mm-hmm. um, venues that we wanted to host our events at, and like all the caterers, all of these different people that I would, you know, really try to build that relationship and connection with so that, yeah, that that's what I would suggest to, to build those connections now. So that when you're ready to host an event, you have those connections already in place. And then I would suggest like try doing a virtual event. I mean, it, it, there's, 
opportunities. And, and the nice thing is, is that it doesn't cost you anything <laughs> other than like a Zoom membership, I guess, but it doesn't cost you much to, to host an online event. Uh, there's definitely a lot of things that a lot of, you know, technical things that are involved in it. Uh, but at the same time, it's a, also a great way to start to build that community. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you're, if you're wanting to, you know, do it in the future, build those connections, build those relationships. And then when it comes to actually executing an event, having a really clear plan and sort of systems in place is really key. So having like, you know, for us, like we have, you know, like a checklist of, okay, all the different things that would go into hosting event and really breaking it down into small little things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Because when you say like host, for example, for us, like hosting a networking event, there is so much that goes on with that. It's booking the venue. It's, you know, figuring what what people are going to eat, what people are going to drink, what, who the speakers are going to be, what's the decor going to be like, what's the flow of the event, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so if you can like break those down into super small tasks, and then if you, ha- if you do have a team, awesome. If not, just break those things down and then work on one thing at a time mm-hmm. so that you're not overwhelmed with everything. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because there are a lot of tasks that go into it that a lot of people don't realize because yeah exactly yeah yeah like figure out the table placements and what people eat and all that that you were saying yeah um how was the transition from van city business babes to now business babes collective how did that go yeah so that was i think in 2016 2017 i can't remember the exact dates but Mm -hmm. uh, i started getting inquiries and kind of interest from other cities and other places other than Vancouver and people saying, Oh my goodness, I love what you're doing in Vancouver. I wish there was something like that where I'm from and all of these things. And so then it really dawned on me that even via social media, I wanted to create a platform for anyone, no matter where they lived, like the, mm-hmm. you know, women in business who are trying to grow and scale. And so that's when we launched like the business babes collective Instagram page, <laughs> though it starts with Instagram. Uh, and then the, really, I started to realize, okay, so the, if, if this business is going to grow, I want to sort of rebrand it to be business babes collective. And then having whatever chapters we have in different cities that will almost be like sub headings of the overarching brand. And so then the first chapter that we ended up opening was in San Diego. And that's because I had a friend in San Diego. We had a conversation when I was visiting her one day and she was basically saying very similar thing. Like, it's so cool what you're doing in Vancouver. I wish there was something like that here. And so then when I, I didn't really, it didn't dawn on me then you'd think it'd be obvious, but I flew back and then I was thinking about it. And then I called her up and I said, Hey, I have this crazy idea. Why don't we launch a San Diego business babes chapter mm-hmm. um, in San Diego? And she's like, Oh, that, that'd be awesome. So she was the chapter leader and we started building that community there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we ended up uh, launching a chapter in Victoria and Toronto and Seattle and um, all these different chapters started opening up. And that was really through a lot of people asked me, like, how did that happen? It was people who 
already, I already had a connection with and that had either already been to our events like in person or they were from like they were originally from Vancouver and then they moved back to their hometowns or moved back and so that's really so it did happen really organically Uh, I have had a lot of interest from other cities but to be completely transparent I actually I'd rather have less communities and then be more intentional and more mm-hmm. um like I really wanted to make sure that whatever chapter we opened up they were really on board with our mission and our vision as a brand yeah. um because for us you know just as important as it is to you know create that community and help women you know scale their businesses we also have like really strong values and we want to make sure that People are, you know, building ethical businesses and that they're not just necessarily in it for the money. Like they want to make an impact in their Mm -hmm. communities. And there's lots of like values that are behind our brand that I wanted to make sure that all of our chapters shared. And so that was super important to me. And uh, yeah, obviously, I don't know if we'll get into this, but this whole year (laughs) has been like a huge pivot for us. So we've had to totally change up Mm -hmm. everything. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey, but really exciting. And now for where we are right now, it's really exciting to kind of think about the future of where we're, where we're going at this point. Yeah. I love that. Is there kind of like a guidebook you give to each of the people who start a chapter or is it more about a conversation with them and they kind of know, like, yeah, we have, we have like a, like a guidebook, but it's funny because like, there is a guidebook and I, I gave it to everybody when they, when they joined, but because things have changed so much over the past few years and even like myself and our brand and just, you know, me getting super clear on who we are. And so it's been like an ongoing conversation. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, every few months, you know, I'll have a conversation with the chapter leaders and it's like, okay, now we're doing this. And it just, it's pivoted and changed so much. And also like giving the chapter leaders also the freedom to, to be creative on their own as well and know like what their city really needs and what their city really wants. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited obviously for when events come back and just to kind of see how those communities continue to grow. But it has been really cool just to see how, you know, all of us chapter leaders have come together and Mm then, um, really kind of reorganized and really re-evaluated what, what the business was going to look like while we're in this time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, uh, now I feel like we're set up even stronger so that when events come back, we'll have this foundation of our online community, which is really cool. But then we also will be able to host these awesome events where people can experience it in person. Yeah. And so how has COVID really affected, obviously through not being able to have in-person events, but how has COVID really affected your business and how have you guys really pivoted from that? Yeah, it, oh man. Uh, So back in March, I guess it was when everything started shutting down, we realized, okay, we're going to have to either postpone these events, cancel these events or host them online. And so in Vancouver, we actually had decided that we were going to pivot one of the events that we had coming up and we were going to do an online event. And it was actually a really cool experience because you could tell in that time, everyone was like 
so craving that connection and everyone was like (laughs) just really wanting community Mm -hmm. and it was really neat to see and I think the feedback that we got was super helpful because yes it was different of course it was totally different than being in person Mm -hmm. but people still felt that sense of community so it was important for us to like really bring in that welcoming in welcoming environment even if it was online Mm -hmm. and so just making sure everyone feels comfortable and everyone feels welcomed and you know it was fun and exciting still as an online event so that's really what we we pushed to do and then we ended up hosting a big online conference we got all of our chapter leaders together and we planned this big uh, virtual conference in September Mm -hmm. And, um, that was really, really cool. It was, it was a ton of work. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. We use this really cool platform. Actually, it's called Hopin. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so we, we put all, can, we've kind of put all our heads together and we, we figured out this plan of what we're going to do, but, Mm -hmm. and then we also decided we were going to launch the membership on the backside of that conference. And so there was just so much going on and there was so much work happening behind the scenes that a lot of people didn't really see. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, we decided, Hey, it would be fun to do VIP gift boxes. Let's do that. Why not? Right. And I think I was very naive to think that this was going to be like an easy sort of just add on fun thing. And I, I tell all of my community members that are product-based businesses, businesses, I say, I have so much respect for you because there's just so much in a product-based that goes into a product-based businesses. And I've, I've worked with a lot of product-based businesses before, but when they talk about, you know, shipping delays and things not showing up on time and stress with all of these things, I, I got that at a, you know, like I understood that, but I actually had to like live that out. And it's a lot different when you're living it out and you're actually (laughs) waiting for these packages to arrive and you can't send them out. And so there was just, there was a lot of things that, you know, were challenging with that, but it was, it was really cool. Like it was such a great learning experience, I think for Mm -hmm. us as a business and as a team. Um, And then through that, all of the roles ended up changing on our team because, you know, we had people who were like the events manager, this manager, right? And then of course that all shifted. And so having that whole change was huge. And um, yeah, but it was, it was exciting just to see sort of like how not only our team, but like the community came together and uh, was still excited about what we were doing, Mm -hmm. even though it was online. So that was cool to see. And then when we launched our membership, that uh, was cool because we had now had this, we have this hub mm-hmm. where people can come in, they can join the membership, they can be a part of this online community where they have this like connection with other people. Yeah. Even though it's, it's online and even though, you know, we can't do in-person events right now, but people are still able to, to feel connected with others. Mm-hmm. Have you, I'm pretty sure you're on Clubhouse, right? I am on Clubhouse. You know what? I have not really dove into it as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, it's, it's funny. We're actually doing a Clubhouse workshop inside of our membership. So one of our chapter leaders, Alicia, is going to do it because she's yeah she's on there and she's all over it. So I'm really excited to learn more, but I've heard like a really cool 
like feedback from from the app Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be interesting once every like I don't know if they're going to get rid of because right now it's invite only so I don't know eventually they'll get rid of that but it is quite interesting like how many people are on there all day because I get notifications and it's like I swear some people must have their full-time job as a clubhouse leader yeah but it seems like yeah people are really craving community right now yeah and I can definitely see it like even as we're doing this I'm like swiping away like I tried to turn off the notifications (laughs) no way yeah Um, but so how do you think that others can network and build community today during COVID yeah oh my goodness that's such a good question I really think that you have to be more intentional today because it's not, it's definitely not as easy as it was, you know, last year, right? Because you have to be intentionally seeking out those relationships and intentionally building them instead of just showing up at a networking event and like meeting Mm -hmm. however many people you're going to meet there, right? You can, you can get a ticket to an event, you can show up and it's just like easy, right? It's all there for you. So I think today you have to be a lot more intentional and even like with social media and any kind of community that you're a part of, you have to be the one to reach out. I always tell people this, like, I think sometimes people just assume, well, people are going to reach out to me if they're interested in my business. It's like, Mm-hmm. that's not how it works at the beginning. Like you need to build that. You need to go out and meet people. You need to be the brave one to, you know, yeah. make those connections and build those, build those relationships. And I mean, I still do that today. I'm continually reaching out to people and building those connections and those relationships and those collaborations. And a lot of people are like, how, like, how do you know so many people? Yeah. It's like, because I've spent six years building like all I've done over the past six years is build relationships with people and that's how our community has grown so quickly and that's how we've been able to you know reach so many different types of people and connect with so many business owners is because I'm always putting myself out there Mm -hmm. and asking if people will you know like hey let's jump on a quick zoom call and and chat like I want to get to know you and um obviously over time it then becomes like a two-way thing where people will Mm -hmm. ask me to to meet and and it kind of is I always tell people it's a snowball effect so at the beginning you are going to do be doing the majority 100% or 90% of the reach outs and then as your business starts growing as as your community starts growing then you'll start to see that other people are now wanting to connect with you, but that doesn't usually happen until you've built a solid community yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think reaching out to people, connecting with them and supporting them and, you know, following them, commenting on their, their social media platforms and then reaching out and saying like, Hey, I really admire what you're doing. And then, not just saying like, Hey, do you want to connect or do you want to collaborate? There has to be like some sort of a reason behind it. Right. So whether it be, yeah, like if you have some platform, like a podcast or something awesome, but then even if, you know, you have something of value, it could be a product. It could be anything. Maybe you want to gift that person your product and just say, Hey, I just want to gift this to you. I want to make that connection. And that could be like the open opening the door to that relationship. Um, so I think 
people, people always put roadblocks in their own mind of why they can't connect with people. And you just have to think outside the box. You have to get creative and think about, okay, what do I have a value that I can offer this person? Yeah. And then how do I, how do I navigate that? And you might have, you might reach out to a hundred people and get like three people that respond. Mm -hmm. Fine. Those, connect with those three people. Like <laughs> that's the way it is sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, don't be afraid to follow up. Don't be afraid to, um, you know, continue to, to work on building those relationships. Cause it's the, it's definitely the hardest at the beginning because yeah. nobody knows what you're doing. Nobody like at the beginning, like nobody cared that I was running a community. Everyone's like, what, I don't know what you're doing. Like you don't have any connections. Right. So mm -hmm. you have to just keep going and keep going. And then eventually, you know, some of the people that I reached out to early on in my business didn't respond. And then like a year later they responded or they came oh, back and was like, Oh, Hey, I see what you're doing. This is really cool. Like, can I be a part of it? And so sometimes oh, it takes cool. that time to, for people to be like, Oh, that person's serious about what they're doing. They're still, mm -hmm. you know, they're still going. Yeah. <laughs> and so some of those people will come back. Mm -hmm. And how would you suggest like, after you've connected with somebody, you've made that, like, you can add them to your Rolodex or whatever. Yeah. Following up and staying in contact. Like, do you have like a little thing that you do? Like, oh, every three months, I'll give them a message or like, how do yeah. you go about that? Yeah, I think you can be, I think you can be really strategic about it or you can be more casual about it. It's totally, it depends on, well, it depends on your business and it also depends on your personality. But, um, if you want to be like really organized about it, like have like a spreadsheet for your connections mm -hmm. and, you know, have their information their their Instagram handle, all of that, and then keep track of your connections. So whether that be like, Hey, I, like I reached out on Instagram or, you know, um, we had that conversation and then I love like a really great way that I love to keep in contact with people is through social media, because you can mm -hmm. kind of see what they're up to and you can, you know, congratulate them on yeah. something that they've just done or, you know, keep that connection. That's just really natural. And then if you have something coming up or if you have a reason to reach back out, uh, or something of value that you want to share with them, then go ahead and reach out and, and ask them to be a part of something. But um, yeah, I, I mean, collaborations is such a huge topic and, you know, building connections and networking, it's such a huge topic and there's so many different ways you can do it. Uh, but I always, I always suggest to people to really make sure that you are, are, are trying to figure out like, what is the benefit that I have that I can give yeah. to this person? Because a lot of times people, like I get messages all the time that are like, Hey, please promote our brand. And it's like, okay. <laughs> it's clearly like, even if they use my name, like, and sometimes literally I know it's a copy paste type thing to everybody. And that, that just doesn't work. Like, please don't do that. Yeah. Um, but, but even if it has my name, it's like, okay, you're just asking something of me, but there's not a, there's no relationship building. There's no, mm -hmm. there's no lead up to it. It's just like a cold 
ask and yeah. it doesn't come across like think about how you want to be connected with right mm-hmm. and so I think sometimes people get confused because it's online but think about in person like you wouldn't just like walk up to someone at a networking event and be like hey here's my product can you please promote it for me yeah be, like, really weird yeah <laughs> so um yeah so think about it like what would you do in person you would talk to them, you would connect with them, you would get to know them a little bit more, you would support them or whatever. And then you build that connection. And then the conversation opens up to something like a collaborative type of situation, Mm -hmm. right? So those are kind of like just a few quick tips, but (laughs) yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, because I that's true. I feel like because it's social media, people don't think much about it. They're like, Oh, let's just send an email or a quick DM. But yeah, if somebody did that to you in person, it would be pretty shocking. Yeah, yeah. And that, it is kind of how it comes across as well on social media. Like I, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll get mess, like I'll get multiple messages from people and literally it's not, it, there's no message. It's just them sharing their content to my DMs. And I'm like, I, what, what do you want me to do with this? Like, yeah. I'm so confused. And um, yeah, so I think it just, just be a human, like be mm-hmm. a human and like connect with people and like build a relationship. It's, it is, it is different online, but it's also in a lot of ways, it's similar. People mm-hmm. want to feel valued. People want to feel heard. They don't just want a cold message out of the blue. So I think it's important to, to understand that. And also know that even if you do all of those steps, you connect with them, you, you know, um, you're really intentional, all of that stuff. Even if you do all of the right things, people still might not respond mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with that. You have to not take it personally. You have to know that everybody is busy. They might've not seen it or they saw it and they forgot about it. Like mm-hmm. understand that, like, I always think about things in ratios. So if you try to connect with 10 people, there might be two people that respond. Maybe there's more. Awesome. Like think of that as a benefit, but, um, don't give up because I think a lot of people, they, they, they want to start a business and they, they start to reach out to people and then they reach out to five people, all those five people don't respond and then they get discouraged and they quit. Mm-hmm. And that's often why a lot of businesses don't succeed is because they're not willing to keep yeah. going and push past their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. do you have any tips for scaling a business? Ooh, I love this topic. Um, yes, I do. Uh, there are so many different ways that you can scale. And I do think that it was really dependent on your business, mm-hmm. your type of business. But I, I do believe that collaborations is one of the biggest ways that you can scale mm-hmm. and getting in front of other people's audiences and, and connecting with other people. Um, and that's like really you have to do it in a really strategic way. Again, like I said, like, it's really about like building that connection, building that relationship and figuring out what is the, what is the benefit for both of us in this situation and, and scaling it that way. Um, of course, social media is also a way to scale, um, podcasting or podcast guesting, I think is another strategy that's really cool and, um, becoming more popular these days as well. But I think it, to be honest, it all comes back to 
connecting and collaborating. I know mm-hmm. I feel like I've broken record when I say that, but my, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people talk about like being like self-made. <laughs> um, I might get in trouble maybe for saying that, but it's no, because you know what, like no one is self-made. Like you mm-hmm. can't build an extremely successful business without the help of other people, whether that be your team, whether that be other businesses or other people that have supported you along the way, mm-hmm. it takes a huge community in order to, to scale. And so understanding that and realizing that and making sure that you're building those connections, that you're building trust with people, um, not burning bridges with people, like continuing to have those strong relationships is so, so important. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's like when, what happened, uh, couple of years ago Kylie Jenner or someone was added to the Forbes like self-made billionaires yeah and I remember the whole world kind of just, like did like a excuse me yeah <laughs> but it's so funny because it even like even in especially like in my industry with like mm-hmm. you know and I'm all about women's empowerment and like you know building successful businesses all of that but mm-hmm. I do not resonate with the message of the self-made movement yeah. because I do, I truly do not believe that anyone, no matter what Mm -hmm. is self-made. And I think we need to get rid of that term completely because it makes it seem like you're supposed to build a business and do it all yourself and, and not rely on other people or not help other people along the way. And I think that's a really like almost toxic way to look at business because all about relationships it's all about connections so if we look at it in I'm building this business and it's all about me you're not really going to get very far with that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. no I love that that's a it's my first time hearing it put that way but I I feel like I agree with it like even though it's my first time hearing it I'm like yeah everything you're saying makes total sense I totally agree yeah and I I know like people I know people use it. It's not that people are using it necessarily. Like a lot of people that use that term, they're probably using it in that, oh, they didn't have any like big funding behind them or whatever. And I get that. Mm -hmm. But I think that, I think it, it, um, some people look at that. They're like, oh, this person did it all by themselves. And that's Mm -hmm. what, how people are seeing it. So I think it's not really fair to use that term because it's giving Mm -hmm. people false yeah hope in that they could just do it all themselves and it's just it's just not true (laughs) yeah and then my last question is what are your top three tips for business owners who are just starting out Ooh, great question okay top three hmm uh okay my number one is going to be very like tactical and strategic (laughs) is find someone, find an accountant or someone, a lawyer, someone who can help you with like the actual uh, structure of your business, like getting a business license, registering Mm -hmm. for things, because at the beginning of my business, I didn't even know half the thing. I went to business school and I didn't know half the things. Maybe I missed those classes. I'm not sure. (laughs) But like, I was like, oh shoot, I need a business number and I need a GST number and I need all this. And so, and all that stuff can be really overwhelming and stressful. So I I would suggest like find someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to those things Mm -hmm. and get those things sorted so that, because obviously like if you, you just have to backtrack and it's not the end of the world, but it's just very, 
you know, annoying to do that. So that's my number one, very strategic. <laughs> um, number two is, again, find a community, get connected, uh, and meet other people who are on the same mission as you, who have big dreams, because you need to surround yourself with other people who are also dreaming big and going for big goals. Because often, if you have other people in your life who are maybe not as supportive or don't really understand what you're doing, it can be really discouraging. Mm -hmm. So getting around other people who are also doing those things is really helpful because then you can talk to them and brainstorm and, you know, have that connection. Mm -hmm. And then number three would be do, do things that scare you. (laughs) Like do really, really uncomfortable things that scare you every day in your business. Um, reach out to that person that intimidates you, um, you know, connect with someone, uh, pitch a client, like do all those scary things. Cause that's, what's mm-hmm. going to help. That's what's really going to help you to grow is to just get over your fear and just do it. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a mindset thing. It's all in your head. Mm-hmm. People worry about what other people are going to think about them or what they're going to say. And it's really, we build it up into so much more drama in our head than it actually is in real life. So if someone says no, or if someone doesn't respond, who cares? Like (laughs) move on. Mm -hmm. So, or follow up, like it's really not the end of the world. So that's what I would suggest for people. Yeah. I feel like it's like that saying you miss every shot you don't take. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Exactly. And a lot of people they're holding themselves back and they're holding their businesses back because they're not willing to get outside of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And they think they don't have what it takes when really they just need to like do the scary thing. And yeah, they'll have, they'll, they'll see that success over time, but you have to be consistent as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, doing a scary thing, like once a month, not going to cut it. (laughs) So you have to be doing scary things every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love those. Those are so helpful. And I feel like talking to you, I've learned so much. I just graduated from Trinity Western. Yay. That's the school I went to. (laughs) Fellow alums. Yeah. Um, But so you learn a lot in classes, but sometimes it's like, it's class. So I feel like when talking to people like you, especially you with so much experience and being connected to so many people uh, is really helpful to learn a lot and just learn from your experiences. So thank you so much. Of course. Yeah, no, I'm happy. Thanks for this conversation. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Twist Talks. I hope you walk away from this episode knowing something new. You can find me at SamanthaTwist.com, Twist Talks on Instagram, or SamanthaTwist on YouTube.